0: and welcome to river city 360 views and news from around winnipeg my name is nolan bicknell with me as always is my co-host robert zirk
1: On today's show, we're continuing our coverage of Winnipeg's Vital Signs 2017, and today we're going to be looking at arts, culture, and heritage. Up
0: first, we'll speak with Melanie Kennedy. She's the Executive Director at Indigenous Languages of Manitoba to find out how they're helping preserve and promote Indigenous languages across, across our province.
1: Then we'll be joined by Julie Kettle, the Executive Director of Arts Junction, and we'll learn more about how Arts Junction is encouraging creativity through the use of reusable materials. We'll
0: also be joined by Joanne Clausen and Shona Davidson about a great initiative started by the residents of the Shaftesbury Park Retirement Residence, called the Shaftesbury Poets Society.
1: And we'll revisit our story about the Women of Note Choir and its Express Series, a concert series that brings joy to seniors and those in palliative care facilities.
0: We've got all these stories, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're happening to be listening to this. Uh, Welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you as we always are. We're talking arts, culture, and heritage today, Robert. It's the ninth out of ten.
1: Yeah, that's right. Of
0: the uh, Winnipeg Vital Signs uh, topics. It's kind of crazy to think that we've gone through nine out of the ten of them already, hey?
1: Absolutely. And you know what? There's no shortage of arts and culture and heritage in, in the city. There's so much to see and do. Um, and it's great to uh, to be able, you know, throughout the year, we've profiled a lot of different arts organizations here in the city. Uh, we've got a few great stories to talk about today as well. Um, we're going to be chatting with Julie Kettle of Arts Junction, Melanie Kennedy of Indigenous Languages of Manitoba, and um, the Shaftesbury Poets Society as well. So a lot of great stories. Why do you think
0: Winnipeg is such a hotbed for arts and culture? Do you have any theories about that? Why are we so good at it? Why do you think it's like a nationally renowned city when it comes to that stuff?
1: Well, I'm not too sure. I think, you know what? Our sense of community is a big, Mm -hmm. big reason why. I I have a theory. Okay, what's your theory? I
0: think it's because it's minus 40 for so much of the year that we just stay inside and practice guitar and learn our acting skills and you know we spend so much time indoors entertaining ourselves because we have to whereas a lot of other cities might go out and you know throw a frisbee around or whatever but i don't know if that's true or not
1: i'm not sure i've heard that before though I so maybe heard there me, is some you might have heard me say it before
0: I've there might tra- be some truth been, to that I've been, I've been pushing this theory for a long time but who knows how true it might be regardless winnipeg is a hub of arts, culture, and heritage, and today's show is going to be all about that. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of the program, we've got Ella Fitzgerald with with I Could Write a Book, starting things off right here on RC360. A,
2: B, C, D, E, F, G, I never learned to spell One, two, three, four, five, six, seven I never learned to count a great amount
3: But my
2: busy mind is burning To use what learning I've got I won't waste any time I'll strike while the iron is hot If they add Two tips.
1: Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Melanie Kennedy. She is with Indigenous Languages of Manitoba. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me today.
4: Great, thank you for having me.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about how the organization, how did it get started?
4: Indigenous Languages of Manitoba, or ILM, was actually formally the Manitoba Association of Native Languages, and uh, we were incorporated in 1985 as a nonprofit charitable organization. In uh, 1978, the Native Education Concerns Group identified a crisis in indigenous language use here in Manitoba. Many of the indigenous languages were in danger of becoming extinct, not only in Manitoba, but across Canada. So ILM was established in response to this issue. Um, And our goal every day is to ensure the retention and preservation of Manitoba's Indigenous languages.
1: How did all of that come together? How do you get started with creating new things where there may not have been those resources before?
4: Well, it's really up to the uh, individuals who work for the organization to be going out and kind of assessing where the need is. So we still do that uh, now. We assess where the need might be and we try to fill that gap. So we develop resources in, in seven indigenous languages here in Manitoba. We have uh, things from workbooks to textbooks, CDs, DVDs, posters, flashcards, and and more. And we're still every day accumulating um, as much as we can to kind of be a hub for people to to come in and, and hopefully we have what they need.
1: And what kind of services are available through Indigenous Languages of Manitoba if people are looking maybe to get something translated or if they're looking to to find resources that can help them learn an Indigenous language.
4: We offer translation services. We do transcribing, interpreting, voiceovers. We offer language courses, uh, mostly in Korean Ojibwe. We do presentations, and then like I mentioned, we also publish and produce our own resources as well as acquiring some from outside of our organization.
1: And what are some of the ways that Indigenous Languages of Manitoba works with educators, schools, and other community organizations to help promote Indigenous languages in the province?
4: We work with a variety of different organizations, mostly as partnerships. Uh, We offer our language instructors uh, off-site. Uh, for example, the Winnipeg Public Library does uh, free language courses in Korean Ojibwe and we provide the instructor to them to to host that. We are also a part of a committee called the Manitoba Aboriginal Languages Strategy. This is a committee of uh, that is compiled of many different universities, colleges, school divisions, and, and government organization. And this committee is a really wonderful way to keep in the loop of what is going on and develop new partnerships.
1: What has been the impact that it's had on the uh, on the community and for the use of Indigenous languages in general?
4: I actually think it's it's very important uh, that there is not one place, but one place that you might know of in your community that you're able to go and learn about uh, your language and culture. We also happen to be inside of the Manitoba. Indigenous Cultural Education Center, and they house a beautiful building with a great library. So um, when you are coming to this one place, you're getting, um, you're getting all sorts of different assistance from, from not only our organization, but also the library. And I just think that's very important.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's open to the public as well? Anyone can. It
4: is, yeah.
1: Okay. What are some of the events that Indigenous Languages of Manitoba holds throughout the year?
4: Our main one is that we host our Honoring Our Languages conference in October. Uh, we tailor this conference to what might be the need at that time. So this year it was developed with teachers in mind. The workshops were created to help sharpen skills and and, and show them different resources that might be available to assist them in their classroom. We also do our best to have summer programming available, whether it be f- free drop-ins to just play some games, learn some language uh, for the small ones, free language classes if we're able to. Um, of course, it's all determined by uh, funding that we get that year.
1: I'm wondering if you can speak to some of the things that people might find in the Indigenous Languages of Manitoba catalog, because there's such a, there's a wide variety. You can see everything from CDs to phrase books. Can you speak to sort of the variety of things that there are for people who are interested in, in learning more about Indigenous languages?
4: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we have a large variety, and it is growing um, as, as much as we come, come upon new resources to add to our list. We have um, children's materials, so we have flashcards uh, in the language. We have children's CDs or DVDs. Uh, we have books for children. And then we also have material for more adult learners, so we have workbooks for that. We have medical and legal guides. Uh, We have... Uh, just a, a variety of, of different resources tailored for everybody instead of just one type of learner. Not
1: only is there a lot out there, but there's also a lot more to come as, as people get interested and start to be able to learn more about their culture and about their language.
4: We also have on our website as well, if it's something that we don't carry on our, our resource list at the time, but we feel it's important um, that people uh, that people might find it useful, we'll put it on our website under resources. We'll put a link to the the organization um, or company that that has it available
1: is there anything uh, is there anything else that you'd like to uh, to add about indigenous languages of Manitoba
4: if people are looking for things that that we're doing or or how they can get involved with us uh, our website is is always updated as well as our Facebook page is a great way to keep up to date on us
1: perfect well Melanie thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with me about indigenous languages of Manitoba today
4: thanks so much for having me
0: thanks again to melanie kennedy executive director of indigenous languages of manitoba to learn more about ilm you can vi- visit indigenous languages of mb.com all one word indigenous languages of mb.com Coming up after the break, we're going to learn more about an organization that takes everything from buttons to carpet samples and turns it into art. We're going to be speaking with Julie Kettle of Arts Junction right after our next musical break. Robert, what do we have coming
1: up next? We've got a little jazz by Artie Shaw right here on River City 360. (laughs) That was Little Jazz by Artie Shaw right here on River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you today. And now rc 360 Stacey Cardigan Smith had the chance to visit Arts Junction, which is a great organization that not only facilitates the creation of artworks from a variety of different and interesting materials, but it's also got sort of an environmental purpose as well. It's helping to keep those materials out of landfills where they might otherwise end up. So here's Arts Junction's Julie Kettle to tell us more about the organization.
5: We are at Arts Junction. So Arts Junction is a creative reuse depot. Uh, that's a nonprofit organization. And our focus is um, reclaiming waste materials and making them available. Take what you need, pay what you can. Um, providing art workshops and opportunities to hire artists and having Art Hives, our free community crafting events. And uh, so we have an environmental and artistic and a community building component where we use art as a means to build and be in relationship. That's amazing. So I mean you hear that it's an arts junction
6: kind of like a, a depot for art supplies but looking around here like those words don't do it justice. It's mm-hmm. like so vibrant. There's tons of different materials and spaces for people to work and to hang out together. Describe kind of your favorite part of the space.
5: Mm-hmm. So when I talk about what's actually in the space of arts junction I, or I usually like to you know, talk about like picturing, picturing this, a, a space full of um, glitter and paint and paintbrushes, um, buttons, boxes, bows, um, mannequin appendages, frames, pictures, collages, and and tables set up where people are crafting and creating together. And so I would say that probably my favorite part of the space is the space we're sitting in right now called our maker space, where we have tables and chairs, walls full of people's artwork, and people. People can sit and gather around and make what whatever they feel like um, or um, whatever suits their fancy or sort through donations or um Yeah, just get creative together
6: and it seems like every time i come in here it seems like there's such a diverse group of people in here can you tell me about kind of the community that's developed here
5: yeah so one of the things that i love about arts junction is that it's become this really interesting gathering place or hub for a variety of people so you have um like homeschooling parents university students street involved people indigenous artists folks that represent a wide variety of the socioeconomic spectrum. Uh, You have adults with intellectual disabilities. You have elementary age students in here and working professionals. There's basically everybody comes in through here as, um, as well as teachers from all over the city and also from all over the province. We have a number of like support workers or teachers or resource staff that when they're coming in or going to Northern communities, they'll bring a big haul of stuff back to Northern communities.
6: That's so cool. When I was talking to a friend of mine about coming here and she's like, oh, I love taking my sons there. And what she did this year for her husband and their dad for Father's Day is she let them come and pick out whatever they wanted to make him a gift. So it's like a lovely way to really get people like thinking creatively. So tell me, where do you get all the stuff that's in here?
5: So um, we have partnerships with businesses, manufacturing companies, and individuals who um, donate stuff. We have a community outreach driver who um, has developed relationships with with different like businesses or companies throughout the city that he'll go and pick up supplies from and, and bring them here. Um, so so that that accounts for about a quarter of of our donations. And then aside from that, it's it's. Um, uh you know individuals who are dropping off stuff or you know people from an architectural firm or design build firm being like hey I have these like flooring samples for you or I have tiles you want them or upholstery samples and so then it comes here so great
6: and um so tell me I know that Arts Junction just received a multi-year grant from the Winnipeg Foundation can you tell me what that's supporting and what kind of that like multiple years of years of support
5: will mean for you yeah, so we were really grateful. Are really grateful to have received this grant. So, um, what it's going to be used for is is kind of building administrative capacity, and so our goal um, right now we're we're pretty dependent on grants in terms of our operating costs, and and so our goal is to invest in. Um, our our staff to focus on developing or implementing our plan for financial sustainability. Uh, I believe that we have a really like some really strong um, and innovative ideas in place to to do that and but we've just needed the like space and stability to actually like like kind of, Implement our vision for this. So, um, uh, our goal is to in, uh, to decrease our dependence on grants and increase our own ability to generate and sustain revenue to keep our doors open and to keep providing supplies and programming for all the Arts Junction folks.
6: That's great. And do you have numbers? Like, how many people do you see through your doors, like in a week or a year?
5: Sure, yeah. So our statistics tell us that we have approximately 500 people into the depot every month. We provide supplies for over 350 community groups, schools, and organizations throughout Winnipeg and Manitoba. And we are reclaiming over 3,000 kilograms and, and diverting it uh, each month. That's amazing.
6: And I know you've got some really cool stuff from here, here around here right now from Lush. Can you tell me about that? How
5: did you come across those things? Yeah, so um, the Lush Cosmetics has been sending us these pallets of packaging supplies that they're no longer using and because we're the only nonprofit creative reuse depot in western Canada, they shipped it to us from Vancouver, so it's things like uh, we've gotten in um, boxes tins, um, ribbons um, and, and and like Christmas bags, but really good, really high quality things that are so popular, especially I've noticed with like early childhood educators or people wanting to do their Christmas baking and are just looking for a beautiful affordable like feel-good option for packaging wonderful things
6: that's so great and so if people want to come down and either um, come and pick up some stuff or drop off some stuff
5: how do they do that Okay, so we are located at 312B William Ave. The B means the east side of the building. um, So there's a loading dock that you can park your car elsewhere and then uh, come in and we are the the door on the right hand side. And we're located right across from Red River College beside the police credit union. And we're open Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays from one until five. We're also open um, for first Fridays in the exchange from five till nine. And the third Tuesday of every month, which is another one of our Art Hive Art Free community crafting events. Um, so the third t- Tuesday from five till nine.
6: That's great. And can people drop off stuff too anytime? Anytime. That's so great. Julie, thank you so much. Um, is there anything else
5: I want I should know about or anything cool? Well, we actually are doing um, a new thing this month where we are going to be providing a Christmas or holiday gift wrapping surface by donation. And so uh, what we're doing is we've been collecting like really interesting um, wrapping paper and bows to wrap really beautiful Christmas presents and we've also made our own handmade hand designed Christmas wrapping paper so if you're interested in um, having your your presents wrapped bring them by the depot and we'll do them up beautifully for you and you can just make a donation arts junction.
6: That's so great. So cool. I love it here. I would recommend everyone to come by. It just feels it has such a good vibe in here. I love it. So thanks so much, Julie. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Stacey. And thank you to Julie Kettle of Arts Junction for speaking with us today. You can look for her story and a lot of great photos in the upcoming Working Together magazine that the Winnipeg Foundation puts out every uh, three, four months, I think it
1: is. It's a three time a year magazine. Beautiful.
0: yeah. Coming up next, River City Three Hundred and Sixty. Sonny Primalow is going to join us to speak with Joanne Clausen and Shona Davidson, former journalists for Community News Commons. They're going to be telling us about a great initiative that started by the residents of the Shaftesbury Park Retirement Residence, which is called the Shaftesbury Poet Society. Really great story coming up next, but we've got Johnny Tillotson with Poetry in Motion, very apropos, right here on River City 360.
7: When I see my baby what do I see? Poetry. Poetry and motion. Too nice to She doesn't need improvement she's much too nice to
8: Winter, please don't forget your mittens. Frostbite is not fun. If you'd prefer to hear actual poetry, and not just my poor attempt at a haiku, you should hear the Poet Society at the Shaftesbury Park Retirement Residence. Today on River City 360, I have with me Joanne Klassen and Shona Davidson, who are both journalists for Community News Commons. They're both here today to share some real interesting information about the Shaftesbury Poet Society. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Could you please share with us a brief description of what the Shaftesbury Poet Society is all about?
9: Well, today it's a little bit different than where it started in January of uh, 2017. Uh, Today it is about 15 to 20 people who Mm -hmm. live at the Shaftesbury Park Retirement Residence in Winnipeg that gather on Sunday mornings to share poetry that they've written, to study poetry and discuss it, and it's a, a learning experience and mm. keeps people creative um, at every age.
8: Absolutely. The way the Shaftesbury Poet Society began is quite a story itself. Uh, Joanne, I heard you had a part in it as well. Could you explain?
9: <laughs> My next-door neighbor, Joyce Shimoji, and I would walk in the mornings and recite poems and song lyrics to each other as we walked. And we both have a love of poetry, and Joyce has the ability to be able to read a poem a few times, memorize it, and recite it beautifully. So that was uh, something that I got in on. Well, then, Joyce had quite a serious stroke Mm. and needed to find a different living arrangement. She moved to the Shaftesbury and there she began to think about how could I get to know my neighbors around something that is interesting to me. Ah. So she thought perhaps I could start a poetry club. And she said, would you help me? I said, sure, let's see what happens. And (laughs) so after talking to the staff at the Shaftesbury, they'd never had a poetry club, and they thought it was a good idea. So they assigned us a room and advertised it, and eight people showed up with big question marks as to what is a poetry club.
8: (laughs) Wow, eight people right off the bat. And that does sound like an amazing friendship. It must have been rather daunting, though, to create a new program at Shaftesbury, not knowing if people would be receptive to it or if Shaftesbury would allow for something like this. The name Shaftesbury Poet Society reminds me of the Robin Williams movie Dead Poet Society, (laughs) Uh, but I'm sure no one is jumping on top of tables. (laughs) Um, You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope not. (laughs) Uh, How did the name come about?
10: Well, Ron Blick was writing minutes for the Poets Society and it was called the Poetry Club at that time, I think. He was writing minutes and uh, he accidentally wrote Poets Society Mm. and the community loved the name and we decided to go with it.
8: That's excellent. And I would assume many of the members would be shy at first to share their own work. How did the Shaftesbury Poets Society uh, get to the point of sharing and creating their own work?
9: Well, that's a little bit of a story in Mm -hmm. itself. One of the people in the group noticed that I'm a bit younger than most of the members. The oldest member is 100, and one of the younger members would be 87. And they said, why are you here, Joanne? And Joyce piped up and said, well, Joanne runs a writing school. Mm -hmm. And they asked, how did you get started writing? And I told them that in high school, I had a 500-word essay on civil rights that was due, and I wrote a four-line poem in place of the essay, and I got an A plus, which was very unusual for me. And I also realized that uh, you could say a lot in a few lines. So they asked me to recite the poem, then they said, why don't we start writing our own four-line poems Mm -hmm. each time for the meeting? So they come up with a theme, Everybody writes a poem, a four-line poem, and that's the way that each meeting starts.
8: This sounds really like a great program, and I hear you both have had the opportunity to speak with uh, some of the members and really got to know their background and experiences. Uh, Could you speak of what you learned about some of these members?
10: I'd like to talk about Ron Blick. Ron was a navigator on high-speed Intrepid aircraft during the war, Uh, Ron has written books. He's a playwright and edits books for others. He's busy planning his next project and finding out he can write poetry. Elaine Wiseman is a creative artist who used to paint. Elaine says she needs to find a way to express her creativity in other ways due to her eyesight challenges and has found that she can work with her iPad. She loves the Poets' Society because she sees a similarity to starting off with a blank canvas to paint and starting off with a blank page to begin to write a poem. In both cases, she does not know what she will create and what will flow up from her mind. Izzy Euring used to run a retired businessman's association and used to write many letters to the editor. He was surprised to find he could write poetry too. Dr. Leonard Kahane, a retired dentist, loved athletics and being on water, his boat gave him so much pleasure. Because members have so much history and wisdom that comes with it, you can learn so much from their sharing. You learn that sometimes the topics you choose may be sensitive, like Sybil Rosenberg, when the topic was war. She had no poem that day, as the subject brought back painful wartime memories for her. Everyone understood some may have mobility issues or issues with eyesight like elaine but their minds are as active as they were when they were younger they want to make a contribution and learn about new things they don't want to sit back and watch the world go by in their retirement
8: we have a special treat for all our listeners joanne and shona were kind enough to share with us some of the clips of the Shaftesbury poet society Here's what Joyce and Izzy had to say about the Shaftesbury Park Retirement Residence and the Shaftesbury Poets Society.
11: I love everything about it because we're so looked after. We have entertainment and activities that are just totally fulfilling. We get all the exercises we need. We have movies every night. Uh, our, our health and wellness director is absolutely wonderful. She keeps us busy. If you want to, you can be busy every hour of every day. And if you want to be left alone and have peace and quiet, you can have that as well. I think the chef does a marvelous job since he feeds over 200 people twice a day. The hairdresser is right here. You don't have to go out. You can have your hair done. You can have your bridge games. You've got all your friends here. There just isn't anything that they don't do. They take you to your medical appointments. Our our bus takes us to shopping places. All your needs are answered here. You don't have to concern yourself about anything.
7: My kids suggested we move here, which we did, and we liked it right away. They really take care of you. They keep you busy mentally as well as physically. They feed you well, and They try to entertain you and it makes you a person again.
9: Has the Shaftesbury been supportive of you in this? Wonderful.
11: They supply us with office supplies, anything we want so that we can have copies of any of our poems. They're very helpful all around. I went to the Health and Wellness and said to her, what would you think of a poetry club? And I said, let's get into it and look what's happened. We've all enjoyed it so much.
8: We also happen to have a clip of Joyce Shimoji reciting one of her favorite poems, If, by Rudyard Kipling.
11: If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs, And blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, yet make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired of waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't make way to hatred, and yet don't look too good or talk too wise. If you can think and not make thoughts your master, if you can dream and not make dreams your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat these two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make a heap of all your winnings and risk them in one turn of pitch and toss, and lose, and start again from the beginnings, and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve their term long after they are gone, and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can walk with crowds and keep your virtue or talk with kings nor lose the common touch if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you and all men count on you but none too much if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run yours is the earth and everything that's in it and which is more You'll be
9: a man, my son.
8: That was great. So Joanne and Shona, is there anything you would like to add before I let you go today?
9: One of the things that stays with me from this story is that it's a story of hope and risk taking, taking risks like Joyce did to Mm. just see, is there anyone who would be interested in what I'm interested in? And then the rich friendships that have come together uh, over poetry of all things. Mm. And the other thing is the learning aspect that they demonstrate that at every age, we can be learning something that's completely outside of our, our field of interest and be able to master that and contribute something. There's a book of poems being collected from the writing this year. Oh. So that's something they have to look forward to.
10: I thought perhaps when I first went to help Joanne that a poetry society, it might be a little boring, <laughs> but I ended up being a convert. It was not boring. This hearing the stories touched me deeply, as each person has his or her own gifts and a great history. I felt so privileged that members allowed me to have an insight into their lives. There's something bigger and intangible that emerges from the meetings in my mind. There is a wonderful group dynamic and people getting to know one another on a different level, from just chit-chat.
8: As Joanne mentioned earlier, the Society's oldest member is 100, with the majority of members ranging between their 80s and 90s. This just goes to show that we can always learn something new, and it's never too late to follow your passion. I'd like to thank Joanne and Shona for stopping in today to share their stories with us, and of course, a special thanks to the Shaftesbury Poet Society. In the words of George Eliot, it is never too late to be what you might have been. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Sunny, and thank you to Joanne Clausen and Shona Davidson for speaking with us today. Up next, we're going to revisit a great story that we brought you last December about the Women of Note Choir. They recently held their Christmas concert at the Westminster United Church, and they have a spring concert coming up later in the new year. But the choir also runs what it calls its Express Series, and that brings the program to, and brightens the days of, seniors and those in palliative care facilities who wouldn't have the chance to go out and see a concert like that. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that, but before we get to that, we're going to hear... The Letterman with our winter love right here on River City 360.
12: Born in winter time, warms this heart of mine with dancing fire. of sweet desire, we found our winter SHUT so- so-
13: We are so pleased to be here. Um, Sharing our Christmas music with you is very special for us.
6: Women of Note is a 70-member choir that performs a number of shows throughout the year. For the holidays, they offer Christmas Express concerts at a select number of supportive care facilities in the city. A smaller group of about 40 recently performed at Riverview Health Centre on a chilly Saturday afternoon. Patricia Rabson is the choir's founder and artistic director. One of the important things
13: to the members of the choir is to give what, to give back to the community what we get, and um, and so for the past oh five or six years, we have started what has now become the Express program, um, where we um, go out into the community and and perform small portions of our concerts for people who are mostly um, shut-ins and have no physical way of getting to the concert.
12: The The
13: looks on people's faces, they just, they love it. They, They don't know what to expect. You know, we come in here, we're a serious looking choir and I know that my choir has a, is very dynamic, and they're all women, and they're all nurturing, and we go out into the audience and chat with them and um, perform for them and sing with them, and it, you can see the joy on their faces.
3: Hello, my name is Chris Edwards, I'm a recreation facilitator on the Geriatric Rehabil- Rehabilitation Unit at Riverview Health Centre. Christmas time is, I think, one of the first things people think of when they think of Christmas is uh, getting together as a group and, you know, uh, food and music. So when I can get a group together and we can have some nice Christmas music, uh, I think you know, that's a that's a wonderful Saturday afternoon program. Uh, getting us together, getting us out of our rooms, uh, being a bit of a community ourselves here, I think is, is uh, important.
13: If you now could join us in singing Angels We
14: Have Heard on
13: Haas.
3: It's amazing with music you can see people and I'll bring them down and you can watch Uh, I'll, I'll get them out of their room and they're sort of on their own and they might be tired and or they might be sort of bored there's nothing happening and I come to the room and I'll say you know what there's a choir downstairs and you'll see them immediately perk up Oh, that sounds great! You bring them down. You watch their head lift, and there's eye contact, and there's foot tapping, and there's hand tapping, and there's you know singing along, and they know the words. They all flood back, and you just see all those emotions, this uh, seeping out of them, and it's 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 something to see. It's it's wonderful for me to see that, and uh, and it's nice for the choir to be able to bring that out of them.
6: Tracy Salagi is a choir member.
14: I joined Women of Note about six years ago, and I was looking for a place to sing because singing makes my heart happy. I found a really uh, comfortable and lovely place to be in Women of Note. I find the repertoire a really good mix between challenging and super enjoyable, and the ladies are a lot of fun. We really, really enjoy spending time together. Part of what makes me happy about music is how it makes other people feel. And even though um, as individuals we might not be able to convey that spirit of unity and that thrill that we get from music as individuals corporately we can really do a good job of that and if we can bring that to other people particularly those who are getting to the place in their life where they're shut in they don't have a lot of opportunity to get out to hear concerts and um, but music does something special to us it soothes us it and, uh, re- revitalizes us and invigorates us. We
3: run anywhere quite yet, because we have to say thank you to you, everybody. So let's give thank Women you. of Note a round of applause, everybody. Thank you, thank you for our audience.
6: Following each performance, Women of Note spends time talking to audience members, and for many, it's a highlight. Artistic Director, Patricia Rapson.
13: And the comments that they make afterwards are just, you know, they're just, it just it can make you cry, absolutely make you cry. And so that's why we've sort of been building it because I think there is a really valuable need. And these people, many of them, were in our shoes 30 years ago and doing this themselves and, and they deserve to have this kind of opportunity.
6: February, the full Women of Note Choir will go on a one-day tour of a number of supportive care facilities, including Lions Place, Lions Manor, and the St. James Kiwanis Village. To learn more about Women of Note, go to www.womenofnote.ca
0: Thanks, Stacey, and thanks again to the Women of Note Choir. Here's Frank Sinatra and Antonio Carlos Jobin with One Night Samba right here. One Note Samba right here on River City 360.
15: This is just a little samba built upon a single note. Other notes are bound to follow, but the root is still that note. Now this new one is the consequence of the one we've just been through. As I'm bound to be the unavoidable consequence of you There's so many people who can talk and talk and talk And just say nothing or nearly nothing I have used up all the scale I know And at the end I've come to nothing or nearly nothing So I come back to my first note As I must come back to you I will pour into that one note All the love I feel for you Anyone who wants the whole show Remy Fossil, Lassie He will find himself with no show Better play the note you know Many people who can talk and talk and talk And just say nothing Or nearly nothing I have used up all the scale I know And at the end I've come to nothing I mean nothing So I come back To my first note As I must come back to you I will pour Into that one note All the love I feel For you Anyone who the whole show, Ray, me, Fasso, Lassie, he will find himself with no show. Better play the notes you know.
1: Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and we have time for one more song before we say goodbye. Here's Christopher Cross with "Sailing" right here on River City 360.
16: It's not far down to paradise. At least it's not for me. If the wind is right, you can sail away, and find tranquility. Oh, the canvas can do miracles. Just you wait and see. Believe me. It's not far to Never Never Land. Right, you can find the joy of innocence again. Oh.
0: That's a wrap on this week's episode of river city 360 thank you so much for tuning in today and a huge thank you to all of our guests and contributors for everything you did for us
1: if you'd like to hear more views and news from around winnipeg listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast you can visit us online at rivercity360.org again that's rivercity360.org river city 360
0: views and news from around winnipeg is a project of the winnipeg foundation in partnership with cjnu 93.7 fm
1: And we'd like to hear your feedback about the show. If there's anything you'd like to share about what you heard on today's program, if there's a song that you'd like to hear, um, or if you'd just like to, uh, to say hello, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also send us an email, rivercity360 at wpgfdn.org. So you can leave us a message anytime. Again, the number is 204-944-9474, extension 360.
0: And if you want to get on the uh, Twitter machine, you can hit us up on there by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter. Or if you're on Facebook, search RiverCity360 and uh, send us a message on there as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360.
1: And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. It's going to be our last show of the season, so be sure to join us. And then following that, we have our 2017 year in review specials for the next couple of weeks before we launch with a brand new season in 2018. So we look forward to that. But in the meantime, we'll see you again with a brand new episode next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.